0: I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This
1: is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network.
0: Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And the man across the studio from me is Michael Swain of Fog.net. We're just two guys covering two undefeated
1: football teams. Ha, ha, ha. I'll tell you what fits. It feels like a Monday for me with all these Friday games. I'm a little off my schedule is. It's really weird. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to show up because
0: you thought it was Sunday, Saturday, and and I got myself confused. You can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show on Twitter at the drive 13 and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our twitter page and remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that'll appear each monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat and fog.net and we start things off with our two minute drill the first segment
1: of the two minute drill is sponsored by vanderbilt's your work boot center our fits will troy went into Manhattan on a 12 game winning streak and K-State earned a 42-13 victory. So, K-State is now 2-0, but was that win as easy as it looked? No, no, that Troy football team was
0: legit. That Troy football team would beat a lot of teams in the Big 12. Uh, They are really athletic, they played physical, their defense was really stout. In fact, it really jumped out to me when Will Howard said, that's one of the best defenses I've ever played against. And he just played against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl to end last season. Now, he's not saying they're better than Alabama, but I'll just say this. That Troy team is one that is going to beat a lot of teams. They're the defending Sun Belt champions. Uh, They will probably win it again. They're really, really good. And K-State was tested, and Chris Kleiman was very happy the game went down that way. They had to work for it. They had to make plays, they had to make adjustments, including players such as Will Howard, who wasn't having his best game, forcing the ball into coverage, trying to dictate where to put the ball instead of putting the ball where it needed to go. And K-State learned a lesson from this, that uh, they have to be a well-rounded team. They kind of got out of balance a little bit because Troy did what I didn't think they could do, actually. They took away K-State's running game for the most part. K-State still went well over 100 yards, but they really did struggle for most of the day, averaging 3.9 yards per carry, which just isn't very K-State-ish, if you want to say it that way but they continue to throw the ball around a little bit. Keegan Johnson just played in his first half of football after sitting out the first game and the first half of this game. I think the coaches realized that whatever injury he's nursing needs to be healed up right now because they needed him out there because Troy's secondary was challenging K-State's receivers. So K-State without their top guy needed to go with some plays that would work. Well, i tell you this, K-State's defense, though, saved the day. Uh, While they struggled at times, they shut down a really good Troy running back who had been going over, uh, I think, averaging 165 yards through the last five games, and he had 80-ish, but most of that came on one run. So K-State gets out of there with a win, a comfortable win, no significant
1: injuries that we know of, and are ready to go to Missouri. Fitz, I'll tell you what, I'll be watching the the run game for K-State over the next few weeks. Like you said, Troy's a good team, but that's something that I think K-State, to have the type of season I think a lot of people think they can have, yep. got to be able to run the ball consistently. A odd. They've got linemen out, Christian Duffy's out, but some moving around to pieces on
0: that line, but still they struggled a little more than you, you would think they would. Well, Michael, Kansas jumped out to an early lead against Illinois and held on to win 34-23. Was this the
1: best performance KU has had under Lance Leipold? I think so. You look at All three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams, KU really put it all together. Well, let's start defensively because I think that, for me, was the biggest question mark going into this game. We've heard a lot about KU wanting to be a a more physical football team, and I think that's going to have to start on the defensive side of the ball. You saw that from the get-go where the Illinois offense couldn't do anything. You think about Illinois, Big Ten, they want to run the football. Well, if you take out Luke Altmaier's 72-yard run that was – basically came off of a bust. Illinois averaged 2.5 yards per carry throughout the course of the game. That was a great performance from that defense. They were flying around. The defensive line was getting penetration. The linebackers were making really good tackles. And look, I I think through two games now, the defense has played well. They've also forced turnovers. So I think you're really seeing this unit put it all together under this third season with Brian Borland. Now you look at the offense and Jalen Daniels was back and I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit later, but this is an offense that I think you wanted to see how they would handle Illinois' physicality. it's Illinois had two defensive tackles, two defensive linemen more or less that are gonna go be drafted. One of them could be a first round pick. KU's offensive line held their own against him for most of the game. And I think that for me was the most encouraging part where last season against K-State, against Texas, against Arkansas. Kay really struggled to run the ball. But what they do? On Friday night, they ran for over 250 yards. Devin Neal rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, Daniel Highshaw rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown. This is an offense that really put it together against an Illinois defense that was not ready for the side-to-side movement that Kansas had but also the physicality. KU just knocked them off the ball for about 75% of the game. And so you add this all together, you add in a really good performance from Seth Keller, the kicker, no special teams mistakes. And yeah, I think this was the best performance KU has had under Lance Leipold. Was it perfect? No momentum swing, you know, swung opposite in the second half in the kind of third, fourth quarter. But generally, I thought it was a really impressive performance.
0: So we make our picks every Sunday, and you know, let's be honest, we don't have a lot of preparation. We just came off the game. We're going into a new game. I picked Illinois on the show, and then I started doing some research, and I'm like, oh, oh KU's going to kill them. Uh, they made it a little interesting the second half, but KU
1: was by far the better team. Yeah, without a couple of plays here and there, I mean, you're talking about 40 points against an Illinois team, so yep. pretty impressive. All right, Fitz, Texas rolled into Tuscaloosa and took home a 34-24 victory over about Alabama. What does this win mean for the Longhorns and the Big 12 this season? Well, it's huge for Texas football. I don't think anyone's going to declare them back. I, mean, I think we all
0: recognize that despite Alabama being ranked third because it's Alabama, they're rebuilding. They really are rebuilding, and that's not the same team that K-State saw in the Sugar Bowl. But it's still Alabama. When you're rebuilding but doing it with five-star athletes it's hard to muster much sympathy we knew we texas physically could match up with alabama we saw it last year when the teams met uh, but this time texas was just clearly the better team throughout this game alabama was hanging on for dear life and because of the coaching of nick saban and his incredible staff he has they hung around in this game but they kept making mistakes they kept letting texas dictate how this game would go even when they came back to take the lead or came back to get into the game texas just responded texas is really good we knew they would be but i'm not going to declare texas back michael until i see them do it over the course of a season they're capable of this they have been capable of this this is the level at which they can play and yet They often lose two, three, four games in a season, despite this higher gear that nobody else in the Big 12 really has. It's awesome for the Big 12, though, because as much as Texas is ready to go to the SEC, they still belong to the Big 12. And that means they're playing a Big 12 schedule. So teams get to play Texas. A Texas team that just went off the charts in terms of value to the national voters and those who think they know everything about college football. So let's say Texas Tech or Kansas State rolls into Austin and wins. I think that game, has that win, would have so much more meaning now than it did before, even though Texas was already back in some eyes. Michael, I don't buy it. I never bought it. Um, But I'm beginning to think that they might have something
1: going We'll see how the rest of the season plays out, though. Yeah, it seems like they are putting it all together, right? And I think you hit the nail on the head. Can they do it when they go play Iowa State up on the road? Or can they do it consistently throughout the course of the season, right? That has been the issue. They've dropped the weird game over the course of the year. And I think the top end of the Big 12 is going to be really competitive because I think the bottom of the conference isn't the best. So I think you're going to look at a team losing two games. That might take you out of the Big 12 title game. So Texas is going to have to be a very consistent team this year. I totally agree.
0: Now, quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midlands Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate.
1: All right, last week's question was, which Big 12 team had the most disappointing Week 1 loss? Baylor ran away with it. Yeah. 68% of the vote. TCU, which lost to Colorado. Got 14%. Texas Tech, which lost to Wyoming. 16%. And then West Virginia, I believe, losing to Penn State got two percent here's this week's question should college football teams be scheduling
0: games on friday nights a yes b no it's pretty clear cut either you're in favor or not and you can vote on our twitter page at the drive 13.
1: the answer to that's no 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 not friday leave fridays alone i agree all right well that will do it for this half of the two minute drill but we will be right back with more on kunk state on the drive back to The Drive. Fueled by BriggsAuto.com.
0: We are back and we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency. Part of your community for more than
1: 60 years. All right, if it's Kansas State wraps up its non-conference schedule Saturday with the trip to Missouri, how do the Wildcats stack up and Should K-State schedule more former Big 12 schools in football? Yeah, I love this. They came to Manhattan
0: last year. There's a little heat to it. The game sold out in Columbia, their first sellout in five years, but it has nothing to do with K-State, apparently. Um, I I love this series. I wouldn't mind if K-State played home and away with Nebraska. I don't think they'll schedule it. wouldn't mind if K-State in the distant future, not immediately, did it with Oklahoma. I don't think they'll schedule it either. Now that Colorado's coming back in, that kind of leaves Missouri um, as someone that K-State might want to schedule in the future. Maybe Texas a and I don't know, but there's um, certainly some uh, belief that scheduling these regional teams, someone you have a history with, is meaningful. And it appears to be meaningful because Missouri fans are awfully fired up about this game, talking a lot on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, I I'm uh, excited to go back to Columbia it's an easy trip for us and I think K state will win I, I watched a, a portion of that Missouri Middle Tennessee State game on Saturday night and Missouri just doesn't look finite enough to really be exact and win games uh, Middle Tennessee put a scare in him at the end of the game and with the lack of offense Missouri has shown so far this season it's There was a fear that if they take the lead, they won't be able to answer. So I'm thrilled that these two teams are playing. The fan bases, particularly where they overlap in the Kansas City area, get to talk a lot of crap all week long and the winner will have something to crow about. Uh, This is a big game for both of them. uh, And I don't think the SEC is very good this year. I I believe now they're two and six against uh, Power Power Five non-conference teams. That's horrible, Uh, and I think this is a real opportunity for K-State to make another statement about this region, about recruiting, and go in there and win a game. Uh, It'll be fun, it's a morning game. Unfortunately, it's on the SEC network, uh, but we can get in and out of there and and get back to the the nice grounds of the state of Kansas. You don't want to spend too much time in Missouri, unless it's Kansas City, uh, because you just, you start
1: getting weird. It's just, I don't know what it is, Michael. Fitz, I have a prediction for you. Okay. Eli Drinkle to not be the coach when Kansas plays Missouri in 2025. That thing is not headed in the right direction. No, no. He's, uh, I keep saying this and yeah, it's an
0: insult, uh, but it's also factual. I think he's Ron Prince. He's Ron Prince all over. He's a bunch of talk. He's a bunch of show. He tries to motivate with emotion. Uh, He's kind of clowny at times, uh, but Ron Prince never wanted his daughter who's underage to date his quarterback. That that was just weird. I I can't get past that. Okay, let's move on. Jalen Daniels returned on Friday uh, and uh, led the KU offense to 34 points. Michael, what do you think of Daniels' performance, and can he reach the high bar set for him going into this season?
1: I think so, Fitz. He looks even more improved over what we saw last season. And think about it, right? We were sitting here last season talking about Jalen Daniels heading into the bowl game, right? What could he reach? Well, he continues to improve. And I think for me, the biggest thing that stood out was his mobility. He was dealing with back tightness throughout all of preseason camp and he did not look like he had it. There were a few moments where he was a little slow to get up, but the agility that he showed was something that I don't think he showed much of last season. He's really good running between the tackles, right? You've seen the read option stuff, but I think he's shown more athleticism on the outside. And I think there are a few Kansas players you could say that about this offseason. And then you look at what he showed on a couple third down plays where he evades rushers like you're seeing on the TV right now. And then he all of a sudden is able to throw a dime while on the run downfield. Again, you saw parts of this game last year, but he's really putting it all together. And look, he was the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. If Texas goes on to have the season it could have and Quinn Ewers has the season he could have, he'll probably get the award. But I'll tell you what, Jalen Daniels is going to be among the top quarterbacks in college football in terms of his production because his offense, if he stays healthy, is going to continue to put him in a spot where he can put up 300 plus yards every single week. That could be 250 passing yards and 50 rushing yards. I think there could be games where he runs for 100 yards if the opposing team doesn't scheme it right. He's the type of player that is a difference maker, and you saw that against Illinois on Friday. There were a few third downs where he either was able to escape with his legs, extend plays with his legs, and make a throw down the field. Three scoring drives were extended by Jalen Daniels on a third down because of his ability. This is a guy that Kansas has not had in a long time. You know, the KU staff would call it an eraser. He erases bad plays that other players can make, and that's exactly what you saw against Illinois, and if he continues to play like this, you're going to see this offense put up some ridiculous numbers, and as a result, he's going to get a lot of accolades for it.
0: The most important plays to good quarterbacks, of course, are touchdowns, getting the ball in the end zone, and figuring out a way to get first downs when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. This cat does that. Mm -hmm. He just picks up first downs, perpetuates drives, and, and the more plays you give him, the more dynamite you're juggling. And I, I love him. I think he's a brilliant quarterback. He's going to have to get a bigger necklace, though. That the highlights are just going to be too big for that thing. He's going to have to get, like, an iPhone and hang it <laughs> on a necklace with the – I mean, it's uh, – y- have you gotten the necklace yet? You need to get the necklace to wear. I should come in with the chain next week. I'll do yeah. it fits. Okay, that's good. I really like it. I mean, that uh, – I need highlights. I just need highlights on my – body at all times. This is what I do. This is it. So you're, you're getting out of bed. I know. I'm really good at it. Okay, let's move on. Let's step out of bounds now. I was way out of bounds for a second there. <laughs> out of bounds is brought to you by Daris Corner Market. We love local, and we're
1: local for you. Alright, this is less of a fun topic, but <clears throat> Art Bryles was spotted on the field at Oklahoma on Saturday after the Sooners win. How bad of a look is this for the OU program? I don't. I'm not that
0: wrapped up in it. He's really? not coaching. He's not He's not officially representing the school. His son-in-law, correct, is offensive coordinator. He he went down with his family. And OU's acting like they they let, I I don't know, Adolf Hitler down on the field. Look, I know the guy has a bad past. I know he's tied to a huge scandal. I understand that all. But family's family. And it doesn't turn his entire family into martyrs that can't be around anything. I I think this is much to do about nothing. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, I'm on the opposite side, Fitz. I think for me it goes back to when he was hired. And I've done a little bit of reading on it. And basically Oklahoma came out and said that he will not have any part of anything. And Lebby said in his own statement when he was hired that he is distancing himself from everything that Art Bryles did. And to have him come on wearing OU gear postgame, it's one of those where I – I think if you're the OU athletic director, you're not pleased. He didn't seem pleased post-game either. So I think for me, it's not a great look. I totally understand the family aspect. You can't shame someone for who their family is. But I think also understanding time and place probably would be a, a better way to put it.
0: Yeah. You see both sides of this. It's, it's not a good situation. It's, if you're an AD, you're like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. This is not important. Yeah. But it, it is. It just is a mess. Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Medlark. Retirement way to Manhattan where you can live your way every day. Our fan question this week is, did Colorado and Coach Prime further expose the Big Ten West as a fraud? That's from Ken in Topeka. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a bad weekend for the Big Ten <coughs> West. Wow. Nebraska looked terrible. Illinois looked flat-footed. Uh, that's not a good division. Anyone trying to sell this power two nonsense while ignoring what
0: the Big Ten West is along with other teams like Maryland and Rutgers in the East, come on, man. It just doesn't make sense. It's bad football. I, I know bad football. I covered
1: K-State before Bill Snyder arrived. That's bad football. Anyhow. All right. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at the Drive13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on the drive. To the drive, fueled by Brigsauto.com.
0: And we're heading down the home stretch of this week's show. And now let's take a look at our predictions. Prediction predictions are brought to you by Kites. Meeting your friends at Kites since 1954. remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive13. Here are last week's results. We all went two and one. We're all four and two. This is going to be boring. If we keep having the same record, Michael. It's going to be a horse race of a bunch of wounded horses. It's just not, it, I don't know. Anyhow, here's this week's picks. We start with K-State at Missouri. K-State before Saturday's game was a one-point favorite. They've gone up to four and a half. That's a pretty big movement. I
1: still think K-State covers this. I agree, and I also cannot ethically pick Missouri. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm with you. <laughs> well, next up is Kansas traveling out to Nevada. I'll be there. I'll get some time in Lake Tahoe, but Nevada might also be terrible. So I'll take KU minus 26 and a half. It's a big spread fits who you got. look, I think is
0: just going to absolutely shred him. I, I think Jalen Daniels, if you have a subpar defense, you're in trouble. That's a subpar defense. Our last game of the week is one that is a pick 'em. Pitt goes to West Virginia, the backyard brawl in Morgantown. Who you got Head straight up here. I'm going to take Pitt. I don't feel
1: good about it but i'll take Pitt.
0: i don't feel good about either one i'm going to take west virginia go mountaineers again make your picks on our twitter page at the drive 13 now it's time for our on the clock segment on the clock is sponsored by carpet one buy local for a strong local community and we start with mr michael swain of fog.net
1: fits i want to talk about prime time no not deon sanders but KU you play it in primetime on Friday night when you contrast what you saw from the KU program against Illinois compare it to the last primetime Friday game KU played against Coastal Carolina and Lance it's first year a game they got blown out in it's incredible how much the program has grown and i think KU put together a really solid performance that on a national stage i think will get people talking about Kansas a little bit more look friday games are not fun the crowd was a little late arriving as expected but I think the result of getting more eyeballs on the Kansas program, I think that was a success in the end.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to change my topic right now. I want to talk about this Friday night thing. I'm not a fan of it, but the Big 12's in a position now as they head into their new version of themselves next season. You got to play whenever you can get those eyeballs, and that'll be Thursday nights. And I think, and I said this on our website, Go Powercat, that – The Big 12 needs to have a big opening weekend next year with some featured games, conference games, to open the season at places like Las Vegas or Houston, on NFL fields, Jacksonville maybe. Get around the country and play a lot of football. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.